Around Comics, Episode 39. Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Brian Salazar. Hello, everyone. And we have our Around Comics regular, Mr. Tom Caters. Hello, ladies. And our guest this week is Simon Oliver. He's an international man of mystery in the world of comics and the writer of one of our favorite titles, The Exterminators. Hello, this is Simon Oliver. <laughs> oh, God. you are not. Oh, si- Simon, Simon. Paul Jenkins just vomited <laughs> his mouth a little bit. Hello, Mike. Stop it with <laughs> the English accent. Oh, but, uh, everyone loves my English accent. <laughs> Simon will be joining us in just a moment. But first, I'd like to remind everyone that this episode of Around Comics is sponsored by GeekArmor.com. Mr. Caters, would you ta- would you tell the fine people about GeekArmor.com? Of course I will. GeekArmor.com sells t-shirts with the geek in mind, featuring a great selection of comic book t-shirts as well as video game, sci-fi, TV, and movie shirts. You are sure to find something you like. Check out their latest original design, a red shirt with a phaser hole on the front that reads, I went on an away mission and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. And now, the good folks at Geek Armor are offering a 10% discount to all Around Comics listeners. Just use the coupon code Around Comics, open parent, all one word, close parent, <laughs> when, op- when placing your order and receive an additional 10% off. GeekArmor.com. Check them out today. I told you, Chris, that he'll read anything. <laughs> I'll read anything you write. Anything you put in front of it's him. Like Ron Ron Ber- it's like, Ron, it's yeah. like Ron Burgundy. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Fuck yourself, comic listener. <laughs> Explicit tag. Oh, right Put it on. Around <laughs> uh, Comics is recorded every Friday from 7 to 9 at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern in Chicago. If uh, you are in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. Come you can stare come at in. Us. You, you can meet Mark, the, the fine manager here, and he'll berate give, you and give you a reach around. <laughs> I will hug you. We have a, we have a contest, uh, the July August contest. Sal, can you tell folks about our contest? Sure, the July August contest is Right Tom's comic for we, me. We've taken a uh, a page out of Green Lantern number six, uh, four eight? or six, uh, something I can't like that. Remember. And we've removed all the letters from the word balloons. And you need to go and write Tom's comic, fill them all in, make it funny, interesting, funny, silly. Touching tears, tears. tears. Yeah, bring us to tears and uh, send it back to us at news at aroundcomics.com and uh, we'll pick a winner and the winner will receive a trade of their choice twenty four ninety five or less. And ten and quarter ten books, quarter books. Which yeah. I've carefully picked out. I've got a nice selection for my Tom Cares personal you, you personal <laughs> the Don Rosa collection. Don Rosa the Tom, the Tom Caters. Caters collection. <laughs> Uh, you just go to the what the contest link at the uh, uh, on, at aroundcomics.com. Mm-hmm. Go to the contest link under uh, sh- the show menu mm-hmm. item, and uh, it'll give you all the details, and you can mm-hmm. download it from there. And uh, if you don't have an image editor, don't worry about it. You can just go ahead and script it out in an email, send it to us, and if we like it, we'll and we had one, we yeah. had one like that. Great, fantastic. Well, that's yeah. Um, next thing is the listener LCS challenge uh, over on the left hand side of the website. There is uh, a know, banner. I, mo- I moved it. 
Oh, no, you I'm moved it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just don't mess with me. Uh, there's a listener LCS challenge banner there. Click on that. There's a downloadable PDF of a flyer for Around Comics. If you would be so kind as to print that out and ask your local comic shop manager or owner if you can display it in their shop, we would really appreciate it, and we will mention you and the shop yeah. on the show and provide a link to the shop. I will up that challenge. If you get it tattooed on you, I will give you a 10 quarter books. <laughs> How can you resist? How can you resist? Yeah, exactly. Um, I also wanted to mention our hotline. Call, yes. our, call us. Leave us a voicemail. one eight 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 six five gcast Once you get on there, it'll ask you for a 10-digit number, and you type in, or you type in A-R-N-D comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the PIN number is 1234, and you can leave <laughs> us a voicemail. All of that information is on the website. I called in just to test it, and it's really easy to follow. We actually and actually, have, we're, yeah. we're going to debut one tonight. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, we had, we had Amy Lift from the U.K. call right. us, and we did that one a couple weeks ago, but we have a really disturbing one that we're going to play Do we want to play it now? Um, yes! How well, yeah, we'll okay. 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 Crowd gonna, demands. This is, uh, this is from Vince B, and this was uh, an interesting voicemail that he sent us. Hi. This is for Tom, honey. Um, honey, Tom, why won't you return my phone calls, baby? What did I do? Tell me. I, I, I bought the monkey suit with the the friggin' flap in the back like you want it, and the bananas and stuff, and you're just not calling me, baby. So come on, Tommy. Come on. You remember that night? Oh, God. Jesus. What? Oh, it's palate cleansing time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you're, you know how I get. But just, Tom, baby, give me a call, okay? I'll scratch under my arms and everything like you want it. God, I'm out of here. Well, (laughs) all I have to to say is there is a discernible difference between being hugged by an ape and being hugged by someone dressed as an ape. (laughs) And Um, if you've ever been hugged by an ape, it's the tightest hug but the most loving eyes. (laughs) And when he hugged me, it wasn't it was hard, but the eyes were almost... They weren't there. He wasn't thinking about me. So that's why I haven't returned your phone calls. Uh, should we uh, Should we give Vince a call? Uh, we can, sure. Why not? Why See not? what Vince has to say. All right. Hopefully we get a member of his family. Just so people know, you don't have to make something so disturbing to leave his voice. Yeah, you, you can just, just say hi. Or you could ask. You could be like Tom. What's your favorite football team? Yeah, anything. A top the of the Packers. stack would be nice. I like the Packers. Just so you know. Fast Green Bay. No, Vince, Vince isn't going to answer. We'll, we'll leave him a bad email. Leave him. Oh, it's been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. I'll, I'll leave him a. Vince. Listen, I got your message and I told you not to call me anymore, all right? The restraining order is in effect. I don't care how much you paid for the monkey costume. I'll send you a check. Just let me know, all right? I'm so sick of this. I was drunk one night. One night. And now I have to pay for the rest of my life? No means no. (laughs) No means no, Vince. I'm so sorry. 
Call me. Text me. <laughs> Bye, man. All right. So there's uh, there's there's the, the hotline in hotline. action. I don't think it gets much better than yeah, that. Yeah, shut her down. See if you can <laughs> see if you can improve on that. I get perverted messages. Oh, okay. Where are we here? Uh, <laughs> the rest of our front end announcements here. Simon uh, gets to follow. That's <laughs> yeah. sweet. Yeah, uh, telephone action. Oh, and then Simon gets to hear Vince's uh, Vince's forum question, which is a really good one. So, mm. um, Podcast Alley, if you would be so kind as to uh, drop by and leave us a vote there. There's actually a hot Early link often. on the site. Yes, uh, first of every month. Uh, my personal favorite is the iTunes reviews. If you go to the iTunes Music Store, find Around Comics and write us a review. Well, actually, um, thank you, everyone. We've had a lot of reviews lately. It's been really nice to see. And all positive. And, yeah. But, Other than the one that ripped on Tom for being... <laughs> Annoying. Uh, yeah, annoying. My humor is dry, but apparently, <laughs> apparently annoying. Actually, I, I hope I that I hope that person realizes that they made Tom's dreams come true because you bad said that on the you, you would never feel validated until you were bad mouthed on, on the internet. internet. That's beautiful. I, yeah, me and John Byrne get together and just that's right. Tom Caters and and John Byrne in the same sentence. I'm there trying you to go. make my humor wetter, and I'm going to try and be less annoying. Okay. Well, I think that is our front-end announcements here. And without further ado, let's talk to Mr. Simon Oliver. Simon, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good here in Los Angeles. It's still sunny. It's still only 5 o'clock. It's nice. Hey. Well, it's a, it's a Friday evening in Chicago. We actually have uh, been blessed with some nice weather, so we're doing what all good comic geeks do. We're inside a comic <laughs> shop. <laughs> Talking about Friday night. Exactly. <laughs> Life in the fast lane. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Simon, there is there is so much mystery wrapped up around you. We've been looking forward to this all week long. It's like, what's this guy going to be like? Who is this guy? You are, are well, Sal. What did you call him today? He's a mystery wrapped in an enigma. Whatever that line is, wrapped I don't in, know. Wrapped in right, a yeah, the, 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 yeah, the Russian doll thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so I tell you what. Let's start. Why don't you tell us who Simon Oliver is and what? Eventually if that's your real name, <laughs> sir. Yeah, if that's really my real name. You guys, I still feel like we're talking to Grant Morrison. No. <laughs> I still think he's Scottish. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He probably, he'd probably be really insulted if the guy with the English accent was 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 mistaken for him. Yeah, we're we're. we're we're Americans. We don't. We can't tell the difference. Yeah, it's all the same. It really <laughs> is all the same. I usually get off, people usually think I'm Australian, so um, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, what they've got an Australian playing uh, Bond. I don't care. Oh, well, yeah, Australian <laughs> rules football, huh? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you, Simon. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what led you eventually to Exterminators? Yeah, it's kind of a long. It's, it was. A, well, I don't know if it's a long story or probably an unusual story for for. People who end up writing at, at Vertigo normally they you know they work their way up and um, and do the indie thing first. But um, it was a, a completely flukish thing. I'm not a huge. I have to admit it, and I'll probably be crucified. I'm not a huge. Never have been a huge comic book reader. I picked them up from from time to time. Um, and always thought they were pretty cool, but never you know never never fully immersed myself in it. And um, it was it was absolute fluke that I ended up doing this book over at Vertigo. It's been a it's been a great experience. I actually worked in the film business for the last ten years since I've lived in Los Angeles as a as a camera assistant on set, mainly on 
um, TV shows, which was a, a, a fairly horrific experience, but after about eight years, I decided that I needed to do something else. And uh, I started writing, I think, four years ago. Um, yeah, it was four years ago. I started writing, and I wrote a couple of movie scripts, mainly because it seemed like the easy thing to do, because I've worked in the film business, and, you know, I know the, you know, from a technical standpoint, I kind of know how stuff goes together. And uh, I wrote a couple of scripts, and they got pretty good reception, but, you know, they didn't get picked up, and I didn't make any money, but I, I wrote this outline, um, and it was purely kind of just to please myself. It was just something to have fun with, and that was kind of what The Exterminators was. And I, I didn't think for a minute that it would ever make it to a network. I mean, it's way too it's way too odd to ever make it into TV. But um, through a producer friend, she took it over to um, Vertigo and gave it to them. And the next thing I knew, they called me up and thought it would make a great uh, comic book. It, it, it is a great comic. Um, I guess my, my next question is... Um, you know, how did they approach you about that? And where is your background in writing from? I mean, you know, you were obviously an unknown in comics. What was that that uh, situation of them approaching you like? It was it was odd. I mean, I've read actually. It was it was um, a friend of mine who uh, who I met in the business who was a uh, uh, is a producer, and I was chatting to her about she's. She usually buys books and, and, and then, you know, gets movies developed from them. And uh, in talking to her, she was like, you know, I was just asking her about the process and it, it sounded kind of cool. So she was like, you know, maybe you should look into comic books because everyone's, you know, buying comic books. And actually, you know, I, I went out and picked up a copy of 100 Bullets and thought it was great. And I have to say it was from reading that. I was like, you can actually do that. I, I read some comics in the 80s, um, like Watchmen and stuff like that. Um, so I was kind of familiar, and um, then when I read 100 Bullets, all of a sudden I kind of remembered, and I was like, wow, you can actually do that stuff? You know, there's someone actually putting that kind of stuff out? And um, it was about a year after I read that that I actually started writing, and it was really completely from scratch. The first script I wrote was actually um, based in Chicago. It was the first 20 years of the Playboy story, and ended up this sprawling, like, 200 page script um, <laughs> and then I wrote another thing and then yeah, it was, I think it was actually the third thing I ever the third idea I had the third thing I'd ever written was, was The Exterminators and that's really my background I mean I out of all the subjects at school um, the English was never was never particularly a strong point and it had never uh, up to that point it had never appealed to me particularly writing but I've, I've always been a huge huge reader and I you know I watch a lot of movies and stuff so I, you know, I'm fairly untrained as a writer. And uh, when they called me up, and literally uh, John Bankin and, and Ken Berger on the line, I had a conference call with them, and they were saying how great they thought The Exterminators was, and would I be interested in turning turning the, the concept into a monthly comic book? I was like, uh, but you do understand that not only do I not know how to write a comic book, I really don't know the first thing about them. And they were like, that's fine. <laughs> no problem. Sometimes that works out the best, you know. Yeah, it, it kind of has, and, and um, even now, and I, I, you know, now I'm more in, you know, definitely involved in comics, and there's a lot of really good books out there, and I'm really hesitant to pick them up and start reading, just because I do think it's one of the strengths of the book is that um, it's written by someone who doesn't particularly know that much about comics. 
sort of completely out of left field as far as the genre, or, you know, the, the, the medium is concerned. Yeah, I mean, I read some, they, they sent me a bunch of, uh, you know, I read that book, Panel One, was one that John recommended for me to read, and then he sent me probably five or six um, scripts with the, with the finished product, just so I could learn the, the, the form a little bit um, and understand, you know, how it was laid out. And then I, I, fairly early on, it tweaked to me that, oh, I could just use, you know, I can use the movie terms that I'm familiar with from, from my years as a camera assistant. And uh, luckily, you know, when Tony got involved, Tony's very familiar with the, ferret, the various movie terms. So that's pretty much how I write them. my script as a, as a, you know, I break down the scenes and, and decide which, um, you know, which particular panels are important, you know, and then just describe it in movie terms like a two shot and then an over. And, you know, I even get into stuff like, you know, I want a crane idea over these four panels. It's going to lift up and away. And, and uh, it, it, it was just kind of something I stumbled on and it seems to work pretty well. Um, and the you know, tone is pretty good about following it through. Well, hearing that you said originally it was a script for a TV show, did you find like the length of the medium of comic books interesting? Like when I hear that, I think, can you fit more into a comic book story than you thought you could, or do you yeah, have to? Yeah, it was weird actually. The original, I mean, all the original material that I gave them was so there was so much stuff in it from a storytelling standpoint that it wasn't, and it's, I don't think it's ever going to be a problem with this project in finding stuff to put in. It's more of a question of, okay, what do we leave out and what do we leave, you know, for later on so it doesn't get too sprawly. Um, so it's, it's more of a case of stuff it's stuff to leave out, but it's, I mean, you know, writing a monthly comic book is, is, a, is a fabulous medium for writing in because you get to, um, you get to really delve into the characters and really develop the characters, which, you know, maybe if it was a TV show, you can do to a certain extent, but you definitely can't do it in a movie, you have, you know, an hour and a half to tell a story and you kind of have to hit the ground running, whereas in a comic book you can, you can make these little diversions and, you know, especially in the, the standalone issues, you can, you know, you can really concentrate and spot like a character and, and really get, I mean, it's, it's just such a great medium for a writer to be involved in writing a monthly comic book. It's, it's fabulous. Yeah, you do have the freedom to do pretty much whatever you want. And, uh, Squashing rats. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, anyone who's listened to our show knows that we're huge fans of the books, and we and we talk about it all the time. But uh, we haven't given you a chance to give, oh, I guess, the, the Hollywood pitch for Exterminators. Hollywood pitch, yeah, this is it. Yeah, so why don't, why don't you give us the rundown on, in your words, what The Exterminators is and what it's about. Yeah, this is this is... This is actually, I have the preferences. This has been the hardest thing from day one, and I, I, I think at the Comic Con panel in San Diego was about all I said was, you know, everyone wants like the four line pitch that makes you know the, the sales pitch that you know makes you want to you know watch the movie or buy the book or you know do whatever else it is you're trying to sell. And the hard thing, the hard thing with the Exterminators has been coming up with a four line pitch that that made any sense and actually conveyed it. Um, I mean, the simple the simple thing is it's a, it's about the thin line that separates bugs from man, and um, when this line that separates us is is broken, then nature's going to take back over the cities, which is what we're starting to see uh, in the book in the in the current in the current um, story arcs. Things are starting to get amped up a little bit, and eventually, you know, maybe nature's just going to come back and and um, the lease. <laughs> I'm not doing this very well. The um, <laughs> But man's only leasing the land back from nature, and eventually nature's going to flood over, destroy our cities, and we're, we're going to be back to the beginning again. 
And uh, that's the thin line that, that the exterminators ride inside these cities. And no one, apart from them, no one's particularly aware of the day-to-day struggle that's going on bet- between, you know, keeping nature at bay and keeping them, you know, under control in our cities. That, uh, that explanation is really good, actually. Uh, I was going <laughs> to ask you, when I started reading this book, I started paying more attention to various sort of things about infestation and it just so happened this you know the first week i read exterminators there's a show on the discovery channel called dirty jobs and it's a guy who does all these horrible jobs and he went out with a crew of extermin of exterminators and the guy who was leading it pretty much said like almost exactly the same thing you just said but in the real world you know like He's like, oh, you'll never, you know, it's foolish to think you can kill all the rats. The rats are going to yeah, be here, you know. Never, you know it's, 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 it's never going to happen, especially, you know, the, the beginning animal uh, that I started researching was cockroaches, and, you know, they're far more successful creature than man will ever be. Um, you know, they're going to be here, they've, been, they've already been here for millions of years before us. I think it's, I'm pulling this number out of my head, I think it's 320 million years the cockroaches have been here. And, and virtually, from an evolutionary standpoint, haven't really changed that much. And they live in every single part of our Earth, from, mm. you know, from rainforest down to subterranean caves, you're going to find cockroaches, they're everywhere. So whose planet is it really? Is it ours, or is it, is it the cockroaches? Yeah, well, there's like a statistic about rats that in a major metropolitan city, you're never more than probably... <clears throat> Ten feet from a rat. If you're not like, oh, yeah. in a, you know, if you're not in <laughs> thanks, a, thanks, yeah. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. You're never going to yeah. escape. Well, what? And they're having sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so at what point, you know, what point is their their population growth gonna gonna explode and eventually our cities will be completely awash with this this vermin? They're gonna take it back. Well, that you was know, kind of the idea. I actually went out for a day with uh, an exterminating company in Los Angeles. <laughs> one of the local ones here, which was which was kind of interesting, getting their point of view and their standpoint on stuff. It was pretty cool. I should uh, do it again sometime. I bet. What did, what did they think whenever you're like, yeah, I'm doing research. And they're like, all right, yeah, hop on they in. They kind of, you know, Los Angeles is such a strange town, but you can say stuff like that, and they just kind of assume you're nuts and carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you have any concerns about the book being uh, about bugs and rats and all these creepy crawly creatures that surround us that we kind of try to ignore um did you have any concern with people not wanting to read it because of of sort of the innate fear of yeah it's, i was actually talking to someone about this today it's definitely been a problem because people look at it and they're like why well, number one they're like why on earth would i buy go out and spend my three bucks on a book about bugs it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever you know either they're like that doesn't that concept doesn't make any sense to me or they're just like i can't bear to look at a bug which i was surprised about because I, I mean you know i'm not particularly keen on bugs um but at the same time it wouldn't stop me reading something about them let's just spider-man people are them. really horrified by by the idea of it <laughs> well i know i i was when the when the first issue came out and i, I was looking forward to it i because i'm a big tony moore fan and and that's how i got turned on to the book um but i went into a a, a comic shop and picked it up, and I go up to the counter with it, and the guy's like, uh, you sure you want to get that, dude? That's about <laughs> bugs. And I'm just like... Excellent. Another, yeah. Let me know who that was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. send you an email. Was, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, why would you do that? Why would you, you know, I mean... And the, the book is so good, I, I look back on it now, and I'm just like, I, I sure hope that he wasn't doing that to a lot of people, because 
Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, the first, it was hard because the book does encompass a lot. There's a lot of different storylines going on. And it's a very hard book to, to sum up that I think, you know, I, I knew and definitely all the people at Vertigo knew it was going to take a few issues for people to kind of see the bigger picture. And a lot of people, you know, this is something I'm discovering because I'm really new to comics is, you know, they'll pick up the first issue and they'll decide by the end of, you know, by page 22, whether they're going to commit to buying this book forever or not, you know. And uh, I understand there's a lot of books out there. I didn't, I didn't quite realize, you know, how stiff the competition is, but it's, it's interesting that they'll, by the end of the first 22 pages, decide, and you've really got to try and sell it in those 22 pages, which, you know, I don't know now if I'd write that first issue any differently. I think I set a record of Vertigo for curse words in one issue. <laughs> That's so quite a I'm record. I'm pretty happy about it. I don't know if ever, ever reached, I, I forget, someone actually, one of the reviews counted how many times, uh, how many different, how many different computations of, of fucker I said in it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think it was like twenty-seven or thirty-five or something. <laughs> that's like that's like South Parkian. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was Scar- it was pretty great. And when they when they when they put the um, the preview up online and they you know they they blanked out all the swear words and it was just like you know there'd be bubbles and there'd only be like one word you could actually <laughs> see out of like eight. It'd be like cockroach and then blurred word, yeah, blurred word, right. rat. You know, people were reading, people were buying, you know, people were deciding whether to buy the book or not based on the preview and they're looking at it like, uh, I can only see six words on the entire book. <laughs> there's a giant rat. <laughs> yeah, and there's, you know, there's a giant rat getting splatted and stuff and they're just like, this guy's out of his mind. And they're like, what are they thinking? Hi, I'm Tony Moore and you're listening to Around Comics. I, I don't know if this if this speaks to us in a good light or bad, but you know, uh, here at, uh, on the panel, uh, Sal and Tom and I usually, you know, we'll agree or disagree, but we all loved this book from the very beginning and have followed it from the first issue, and yeah. it keeps getting better. I, I I can't express enough how much we enjoy this book. Okay, thank you. Appreciate. It. Yeah, it's um. And, you know, like that first issue was the absolute first comic book I ever wrote, although there are seven different, I think that was the eighth full draft before we got to that point. It was hard at the beginning just to understand the, you know, just how the graphics worked and how the panels worked and what I was up against, basically. And it, it, it was it was a hard process in the first few issues were really by the skin of my teeth you know and once you've written like eight drafts of, of one issue you start to you know you're second guessing yourself and you're not quite sure where you stand and it was especially that first issue it was really hard i was really like what the hell am i getting myself in for <laughs> well speaking of that i mean you you've for the most part and, and like we talked about before was you you've been a bit of a, a mystery to comic book fans and in this culture which i'm sure you're starting to sort of get uh, a hang of the 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 you know sort of fanaticism that comic book fans have about their books and the the people who make them. Um, have you found that a bit of a, a, a an adjustment to try and realize that one you know there's so much so many books out there, um, and two the 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 community almost expects to hear from you on a daily basis. If you're yeah, going- that's actually something which, to be honest, even though I mean. The eighth issue just got published. We worked on this for a long time. I, I forget the dates and the times involved, but we've been working uh, on this a long time before it ever saw the light of day. Uh, I've been to three comic cons now. The first one, 
we nearly signed, we were just about to sign the contract, it was just kind of held up in going backwards and forwards. And then the second one, we announced the book, and then this Comic Con was the first one I've actually been there selling the book. So I feel like I've been involved in this for a while. I mean, I'm writing issue 14, and you know, I'm into next year's stuff already. Um, so yeah, I'm just discovering that, and I, I really didn't do that much promotion. I did a few interviews that DC, you know, Vertigo had set up at the beginning, but not knowing the industry at all, I didn't realize that you've really got to go out there and, and, and make yourself heard. It doesn't matter if you're writing Gone with the Wind, you've got to go out there and sell it. We demand blood. <laughs> we want, yeah, we you, want a yeah, picture of you. And you've got to, you know, you've got to be shouting as loud as everybody else. And I really realized that at this Comic Con, as I was walking around, it's like, you know, I'm writing what I think is a pretty good book. And uh, I think, you know, we should be selling a few more copies of it. And I, I, I kind of realized it fell on me to do that. So that's kind of what I've been doing since, since San Diego. It's like, you know what, I need, to, especially with the trade coming out, I need to, you know, get people to pick up the trade and give it a try and, and see that, you know, their worst fears are maybe realized or maybe not realized and that there may be something more. I mean, the issue that just came out, there's not a single bug in it and I think there's only one piece of gratuitous nudity. Yeah, the, the, the hot tub scene was great. We actually uh, met uh, met up with Chris Somney in uh, Chicago this past yeah, weekend. Oh, Chris is an amazing yeah, young man. And, uh, yeah, I, he, did a, he did a great job on that because, you know, the other thing is, you know, being a fill-in artist and having to step into Tony's shoes somewhat. And, you know, Tony's, you know, definitely got his fan base and he's got a certain look, um, you know, that comes with it. Uh, I think I think Chris was happy that he didn't have to draw, like, 58,000 <laughs> bugs on a page. <laughs> a tidal wave of cockroaches. Yeah, I know. Now, now when I write these scripts, I, you know, I, I do put little notes in there for Tony, like, you know... <laughs> I know that I'm going to cause him nightmares for the for, for weeks over some of these scripts. We, we need some more. Ex- keep putting more and more bugs in. <laughs> well, I know you're, you're you're making Tony the envy of a lot of different artists because yeah. we were talking with uh, Mike Norton, who is uh, co-creator of the book Gravity, and he also mm-hmm. is going to be writing Runaways or and drawing Runaways. Or, I'm sorry, drawing Runaways and and. Uh, yeah, he's, he says every time he, he reads an issue, it's just like, man, how much fun is he having yeah, drawing yeah. that book? Because where else can you see, you know, a guy, a fat guy in a luchador costume squeezing <laughs> the death of rats? <laughs> yeah, I have to say, it's, it's, especially now, once, once the initial shock of, you know, of figuring out my process of writing a comic book is kind of subsiding a little bit, um, you know, it just becomes fun. I can't, I think... I think it was maybe issue three or four where I really started, you know, actually enjoying the process a little bit more now that the, you know, the nerves had gone down a little bit. And uh, I think it definitely shows in the, the second arc. There's some really, there's some, uh, there were some issues in there. There's one in particular, like, you know, this is, this one's really good. I like this one. This one's a good one. Yeah, the one with the couch, right? The lady. The one with the couch. That was Tony. I had to say, <laughs> that's the one that everyone, everyone has picked up on is that particular panel. Because I have to say, there are some panels that, um, that one in particular, and then the one I forget which issue it was with the with the lady in like the mental asylum place, yeah, oh, yeah. With the maggots all over. Oh, I can't. 
<laughs> and then the first time I saw that, I was like, oof, I, I can't really spend too long looking at that picture. That's really disgusting. <laughs> I, I think our, our the first time we reviewed Exterminators, like the first of like five times, we do a weekly segment called Top of the <laughs> Stack, and all of our guests and, and ourselves will review a book. I think Exterminators has been reviewed like five times now. More than any other book that we've <laughs> Since we've been doing it. And I think the first time that we reviewed it, one of us referred to it as being a beautiful car wreck. It, you yeah. can, you can't turn away from it because it, it's it, you just can't. I, it's hard yeah. to explain. Well, what's funny, you mentioned this scene with the woman on the couch or the insane asylum. And one of the things I really like about that is sort of the idea that um, you had mentioned earlier about <clears throat> insects or infestation kind of taking over the world. But also, I think there's like a really cool theme in the book of that we're kind of letting them almost. Like, yeah. it's not, not every person is like, you know, fighting. You know, they're kind of giving in to letting nature just sort of take over everything. You know, which well, I enjoy. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, and that, that, yeah, the, 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 the bucket scene with the fact that was definitely Tony. Tony has to take <laughs> credit or blame for that. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure whether it's credit or blame, but yeah, when, at, at Comic Con, there's a lot of people who were, were, were talking about that particular panel. Well, I, um, I tell you what, we're going to move on to a couple of our forum questions. Sure. Um, but we actually, we, we ran into someone at, uh, at, uh, Wizard World Chicago that wanted to ask you a question, and we recorded it, so I'm going to go ahead and play that for you right now. Why are you pretending to be British, Simon? I mean, you grew up like in the same town I did. It's it's a little ridiculous, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's right. I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> we want a picture of you with today's newspaper. So yeah, it, you are. Anyone out there that didn't recognize the voice, we, we actually did spend some time with Tony Moore uh, last weekend, and uh, we told him that we were going to be talking to you, and it's like, Tony, can you you got a couple questions for uh, for Simon this week? And so that, that's what he came up with. So. Yeah, no, he's right. I've, I've said that before, though, when, when in Los Angeles, when people have been like, oh, so where are you from? And, you know, I've lied and said Kentucky or something. <laughs> and they want a straight face, and they just kind of look at you like, is he fucking with me? I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> Kentucky, yeah. That's well, an interesting Kentucky accent, yeah. From, from what we from what we heard from uh, from Tony over the weekend, he is having a blast doing the book. He is really really enjoying it. So, and I think yeah, no, we do. We, we both. I think we both have a lot of fun on this book. Well, it's, as, as it's, well, oh, I'm sorry. We can do pretty much what we want. It's very 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 occasionally they're like, you know, you, you can't really show that. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, just rub that part out, and, and you know, you can't do that. It's, it's been very, very few things. I was surprised actually how how much they've let us get away with. The, the rat cockroach hot tub scene's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> not not at the same time. Not they all the happen time. separately. Yeah, separately. <laughs> um, what was the process of of actually you know uh, working out the uh, the program of working with Tony? How did that come about that Tony was the artist on this book? That was a that was a, a, a DC thing. That was a, a John had, had uh, read The Walking Dead, and you know Tony he figured would be a good artist for it. And uh, you know I went out and got a copy of Walking Dead and looked at it the first trade, and I was like, you know, yeah, I think so. So, um, yeah, he was, he, you know, they gave him a call and he, he jumped at it and, uh, it was really, I mean, we, we talked about a few different artists and, um, but really I think he was the perfect one for it. I think he's got the perfect style for it. Um, 
it's kind of a, a uh, I don't know how to describe Tony's style for anyone who hasn't seen it, but when I spoke to him, first of all, I was like, you know, I really want that kind of dirt under the fingernails, uh, uh, like, like a grimy kind of feel to it. Yeah. He, he nailed it first time. I mean, he, he was definitely on the same page. It's got sort of a really cool stylized, but like realistic like yeah. you believe everything you see on the page but it yeah it's yeah, amazing amazing detail it is amazing on, on top of that and what, what makes him so good is that he's such a great storyteller oh absolutely and sometimes he he adds things I mean you know not just stuff like the lady crapping through the couch but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but just little things the panel like, you know like the reflections in doorknobs and stuff of, of the person opening the door and just little things that he really understands the the, the storytelling um, process, which is which is great because we're completely on the same page. And really, I mean, I completely trust him with the artwork. Uh, I rarely, rarely get involved in anything that gets drawn because I have complete confidence that you know he's such a perfectionist that I don't really have to be involved with it. It's it's pretty great, and the, you know the coloring's great, the inking's great. It's uh, you know I love the artwork in the book. Would you and and this this is the only book that you've worked on, but would you ever consider doing another title and having Tony work on it, or would you oh, like yeah. to experiment? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah if, if he's available, I mean, he's gonna... <coughs> yeah. So unfortunately for writers, you know, we can you know time wise we can be doing a couple of books where you know a couple of monthlies at a time. Uh, I hate to do more than that, but um, but you know for the artist, it's it's pretty much one a month and you know a little bit here and there. Um, so I think it would be hard. I mean, we're going to be doing exterminators for a while. Okay. Well, is, uh, the next question I was going to ask: Are you interested in doing other work in comics, or is exterminators the story that you have to tell? Oh no, I don't. I really, um, you know, I think through fluke, I kind of landed, you know, in a medium that I'm pretty happy working with. Which, you know, if four years ago someone had said, "Oh, in four years' time, you're going to be writing a monthly comic book," I would have thought they were completely insane. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, I've you know I've been talking about doing another. Um, it won't be a monthly; it will more, you know, be more of a, a graphic novel. And you know, I've been working on a movie script as well, um, which hopefully at some point will be finished. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy. You know, I'd be perfectly happy to carry on doing comic books um, rather than anything else because it's it's you know with movies and, and TV the experience I have had, which is fairly limited, but. You can spend forever working on a project and it never sees the light of day, whereas, you know, with comic books, it's such a, a, a great medium to getting stuff out there. Sure, and it seems like you've really... And, and really the freedom of being able to do it. I mean, it's such a, you know, between me and Tony and, 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 and John, you know, we're basically the only people who touch the book and it's very much a product of, of, of what we want the book to be. Mm-hmm. With everything else, everyone, you know, the more money that gets involved um, in TV and movies, everyone has to have their two cents per in. Sure, sure. Oh, I also I do love uh, Andy Park's inks on the book also because yeah, Andy, no, he's, he's he's great. Everyone yeah. everyone who's done it and Michael Thorne's doing it, uh, issues eleven and twelve are going to be a, a, a you know a two part standalone. Great um, about Salas' background, which is pretty great. I've, I've seen the artwork he's done; it's pretty fabulous, and um, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to move on to some forum questions. So, um, Sal, I think you have a couple queued up here. Uh, sure. This is from uh, David Price in New York. He's asked, um, is there an ending plan for Exterminators a la 100 Bullets or Why the Last Man, or is the plan to keep going, uh, doing it until it's not fun? 
There is an ending plan. I have a, uh, a rough figure in my head and uh, something that, you know, I plan to be working towards to finish it. I don't, um, I don't see it going on forever. And I, you know, I think there's a, there's a finite number of stories you can tell in about a particular thing. And, uh, you know, I definitely have a number in my head of, you know, how many of these I really want to do. All right. Uh, next one's from David D. in New York, and he actually has two questions. I'll ask the first one first and get an answer. It's, uh, has, have you had any personal formative experiences with bugs? Not a huge amount. I don't have a huge amount of horror stories. I think no more than, no more than anybody else. I lived in Thailand for a while. I had a lot of issues with, we used to find snakes all over the place and scorpions, um, and I've seen, I, I saw someone shoot a centipede once. Jesus. <laughs> I, yeah. I would consider that formative. <laughs> yeah. I, I, now I'm starting to think about it. Like, yeah. yeah. Maybe, That's an abnormal. Yeah, maybe I buried that one away. Yeah, I mean, they have these huge centipedes that are, you know, big enough to kill an infant if they, you know, can get their Jesus. poison into them. And uh, the tires are terrified of them, and this thing's running out, and the guy just pulls out his gun and blew it away. Jesus. Okay, here's the second part of his question, and this is, while I was reading the Exterminator's Trade this weekend, my cat, Brando, actually brought a cockroach that he had killed to me and laid it at my feet. He's never done that before, and I was wondering how Mr. Oliver manages such a multimedia experience for his readers. <laughs> yeah, that's all part of the next one. will be scratch and sniff. <laughs> oh, God. Well, uh, uh, David is one of our, our posters uh, on, on the forum quite a bit. We've spent probably about six months trying to convince him to read this book. Look, every time there's an exterminator's threat on the forum, he's like, no, I used to live in this crappy apartment in New York that was infested by cockroaches, and I couldn't clear them out. And he's like, I can't read this book because I have a pathological fear of bugs now. And it, oh. it took us like six months, and now he read it, and he loved it. So, so thank you, David D. Uh, the next one is is a mind bender. Yeah, so. this, is a, this is a bit of a long question, but hang, okay. hang with us. This is from Vince, Vince B. in Pennsylvania. And uh, he said he, he thinks he finally has a handle on the exterminators. Uh, he said, throughout history, the mystic symbol of the swastika has been used to represent a wide range of concepts. The auspicious clockwork, clockwise male version is said to represent the god Ganesha Braham, symbolizing intellect and wisdom. The inauspicious counterclockwise female swastika, as seen on the sides of that creepy little box, was used to symbolize the goddess Kali, the devourer of time, who, as Shakti, is the life energy <laughs> that animates the flesh. Since the scarab beetle was associated with sun worship in Egyptian cosmology, responsible for pushing the sun along in the sky, I'm betting the intellect's in intelligent scarab in the comic through the horde of roaches and mysterious box will be the catalyst that pushes a whole mess of death and destruction down on Henry James's world via the goddess Kali or representation thereof. The Shakti life energy connection could explain why our rat-faced repulsive friend, as seen in the bloodthirsty crowd in issue number seven, is once again among the living. Am I close to any of these concepts? Jesus Christ. I'm writing all this down really fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, I should do this more often. You've just, you just written the next four arcs for me. Push, push back that end date for right, a couple of years. Yeah, you know what, though? I'm just thinking because I'm just realizing, yes, issue eight, is out, and then, you know, obviously 9 and 10, I'm just thinking what's in 9 and 10, and uh, yeah, he's actually, you'll see, but yeah, he's actually pretty close. 
Nice. Well, I, I get this. Actually, actually, yeah, actually along the, very much along the, the, the right lines. I, I was listening to it thinking, mm, okay, and then I realized that, wow, the, those ones I wrote haven't come out yet. So, yeah, that, that's pretty close. Well, Vince will be very happy to, to hear yeah, that. Yeah, good job, Vince. I, I, I got a call. Do you mind if I use any of that research you did? Oh, uh, Vince would love it. I got a call from Vince. He's a friend of ours, lives in, in Pennsylvania, and uh, and called me, and he's like, dude, I woke up at like 3 o'clock in the morning and couldn't go back to bed, and it just like came to me. And I went, I started I started doing research you know on the internet. Stuff, like it was in his head, and he had to, yeah. I had to look all that. So I have to, you know, you can't imagine how many books I've had to read to be able to put well, we'll give you Vince's email address. Yeah. He'll be happy to help you out with anything he could. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, but, uh, yeah, no, I've, I, I, I've done a lot of research on, uh, on various things. And, you know, a lot of what's ended up in the exterminators is, is, is you know, just little snippets of things that I've been interested in, you know, like this. 11 and 12, we're gonna, there's going to be a lot in Cambodia in the 1970s to do with the genocide there, um, which... The whole concept of genocide kind of fascinates me. So, you know, there's lots of different things that are brought in that I'm kind of interested in huh. and that have made it into the story because you can do that in comic books. It's great. Yeah. Uh, we got a few more questions. These are seem to be pretty fast, so we'll okay. just go through. It's from Marty in Pennsylvania. Um, We're big in Pennsylvania and New York. Big in Pennsylvania and New York. Big in Pennsylvania, that's good. Where is Pennsylvania? Is it near Kentucky? Uh, No, not really. (laughs) They all have funny accents. Is there any significance to the makes and models of cars you use in the story? The choices seem very specific. Yeah, because I like, like, he he has the Aston Martin. And uh, I was like, you know what? When I was thinking about different cars to put him in, you know, different kinds of sports cars, I was like, you know what says class to me? It's an Aston Martin, like a, a vintage Aston Martin. So yes, and, and also in in, um, in issue number eight, um, yeah, the different the different cars kind of symbolise, you know, the the girls and uh, am I allowed to call them girls? I guess the women, the girlfriends in, uh, girls in Henry's life. The you know, the cars kind of symbolise <laughs> their characters. That was, that was the yeah. yeah the use of cars in issue eight was really important the whole yeah. character issue was yeah. very important. Uh, and what does yeah, it's very much like if if those people were cars what kind of cars would they be <laughs> yes what does so, Drax yeah, like the, the Aston and the Mercedes <laughs> I really like those like nineteen seventy two uh, Mercedes coupes so that was like yeah that would be a good one to put in that's very that's a good style kind of nice. all right what does Drax taste like he's guessing scope. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of looks like it with that kind of fluorescent, fluorescent blue thing. I don't know. Fan fiction, Marty. I think it would be. I think it would be like bittersweet or something. It would be kind of a weird. I think it would have a weird aftertaste. <laughs> and he's also disgusted by the woman. He cannot uh, sit or lay on a sofa since the scene with the woman <laughs> crapping through the sofa. I'm sorry about that. Truly. Nice. We got one more one oh, more question. Oh, pa- from Dan. Pa- paper cut, uh, our buddy Dan in Minnesota. He uh, he asks if you could share some of the more strange, funny, or disgusting stories that readers have approached you with since you started the series. And if you'll uh, put any of those into the uh, the, the future book, uh, you know I haven't really because I don't. You know, uh, Comic Con's really the only convention I do, and so 
So, I mean, it sounds weird, but I don't really know anyone. <laughs> I'll email you some. So, I have some great yeah. ones. <laughs> no, no, I'd love to. I'd love to, you know, I definitely. I mean, I'll put my email address out there, and, you know, anyone who wants to email me is, is um, you know, they're welcome to. I, I, you know, I want to I hear from people who are reading the book and what they like about the book or don't like about the book. You know, I need feedback's nice because you, you, I, I literally sit in a little office in downtown Los Angeles and tell this thing out and... Um, you have kind of a separation between writing it and actually realizing that somebody's out there reading it. Well, one of the things is, um, have you ever read the book Rats by Robert Sullivan? Yeah, yeah, what about the guy in New York? Yeah, yeah. where he talks about how once he wrote it, people started coming up to him to tell him stories about rats, like he was the only one who could understand (laughs) the horror they've been through. Only only Simon Oliver will understand my fascination with cockroaches. My silverfish in the shower story. (laughs) He's the only one who can understand what I'm going through. Be careful what you ask for, Simon. Yeah. Because I wanted uh, uh, this last weekend to have Tony draw a big ass cockroach for me, and uh, okay, I'm glad. screaming, yeah, I'm glad. yeah, so roaring. Still, I mean, yeah, when I was with him at Comic Con, it's like, you know, can you draw me as a zombie? Can you draw Sozo as a zombie? Can you draw a zombie roach? It's like, oh my god, <laughs> zombie, zombie roach. <laughs> <laughs> he does it very well. I don't think he minds doing it, but it's it's got to be hard. People it's like a- zombies. Yeah. <laughs> and, for now and roaches <laughs> bugs Ro- will be the next Ro- roaches bugs are the new yeah, yeah. the, bug, the bug thing will, I think it will slowly kick in mm. all their one drawings of themselves really fat sitting on a couch oh no <laughs> no I'm offended I forget where it was somebody posted that they really weren't happy about you know the obese thing um the, you know, the obese the obese aspect of that scene they weren't particularly happy with it yeah. Yeah. I think I have to get around to offending just about everyone <laughs> Screw them if they don't like it. <laughs> yeah, so, you, know, you can't say that, but I can. Opportunity offender. <laughs> so, anything you uh, you want to really uh, let us know about what's coming up next for Exterminators, or what's coming up next for you? Is there are, is, are there any other books for you in the works, or? I don't know. I have, I have an outline I'm waiting to hear about. Um, you know, if they want to go ahead and do it or not. Um, which I'd, I'd love to. I've had a project that I've been kicking around pretty much as long as I've been doing the exterminator that I'd really like to do. It's just been, it's been in, in, incredibly hard to get another project set up. Um, um, so I'm hoping that I'm going to get a breakthrough on that soon and, and might actually get to sit down and write the whole thing because it's something I've been working on for a long time and then I have this this horror movie script that I think is, is going to be pretty good when I finally finished it. And uh, yeah, I'd really like to start doing another book now. The Exterminators is kind of up and running, and I got a, I got a handle on the schedule and stuff. That um, I'd like to be able to write this other book. Um, and yeah, I guess what are we on now? Number eight's coming out. So we've got mm-hmm. a couple more that are going to finish this arc off, and there will be um, a lot more information about the box and about AJ's reappearance in his in his new form. Um, <laughs> And the, the guys end up completely covered in shit in issue number ten. <laughs> nice, <laughs> which is, is pretty great. We're gonna we're gonna kill off another character. No, d- don't make it stretch. I love stretch. <laughs> yeah, no, we're gonna kill another character. I'm not gonna say who, but someone 
someone comes to a, 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 a fairly sticky end, and then... Not a shitty end, though. Actually, did we kill off, we kill off two characters, actually, in number 10. Oh, it's a bloodbath. No, we kill off one in number 9 and one in number 10. Oh, wow. Got, yeah, there's two more characters that are going to get knocked off. And, uh, and then in 11 and 12, uh, a couple of issues that are going to fill in Sulaf's backstory. And I have to say this, along the lines of the Woman on the Couch panel, there's a panel that Mike Hawthorne drew um, of two of the characters having sex together, which is really disgusting. <laughs> oh, no. I, I really, really, and my wife, my wife saw it, and uh, was really, really gave me the evil eye over it. <laughs> she gave me the full blame for that panel. But, but I just, I mean, he, it was his imagination. He just, you know, I wrote like three lines of, of scene description, and that's what he did with it. It's not really my fault, but she was, she was fairly horrified. No, I Good. love Mike's work. I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, no, the, I mean, uh, the, the ones, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty excited about all, all the issues that are coming out. I feel, you know, they, they're unique in, in their own individual way. They're like snowflakes. Really kind of grubby snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Simon, we, uh, from from the very beginning, have absolutely adored this book in a, in a really sick, twisted sort of way. <laughs> uh, we were so excited to have the opportunity to uh, to talk to you tonight um any any last words out there and we'll we'll wrap things up just thank you you know thank you for being so behind the book and any you know anyone who's reading it or anyone who's even thinking about reading it thank you it's still weird for me to be involved in this and you know to be sitting in this room in downtown los angeles writing this thing and it goes through this amazing process with these really talented people who who draw it and put it all together and then it comes out and people buy it it's still kind of it's, it's still kind of incredible to me to be honest well simon we definitely look forward to all of your upcoming works we want to see what happens with this great cast of characters in exterminators and and the roaches which are also very interesting but uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to, for that uh thank you so much and hopefully we'll have the chance to talk to you again soon yeah definitely any any time i'll be more than happy to come on and chat with you guys it's great well thank you for having me well, thank awesome. you. Good luck Thanks. with good luck with the book and, and and anything else you do. Keep exterminating. Thanks. Well, there you go, folks. Mr. Simon Oliver, please, if you have not taken the opportunity, check out Exterminators. It is a truly fantastic book, and we really enjoyed talking to him and getting his thoughts on his work. Horrifically beautiful. It is. It is a beautiful car wreck. Uh, we're done with the first part of the show. That means it is time to slide over to the news desk. <clears throat> it is time for Wire to Wire Comic News. These are your top headlines for the week of August 7th, 2006. First, the top stories from Wizard World Chicago. From DC Comics... A new Grant Morrison penned issue of 52 that explores the relationships between Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson, and Tim Drake has been announced. Who is the real Nightwing? The one year later version or the Outsiders one? That will be answered in a miniseries separate from 52. An Emperor Joker trade paperback has been announced to hit stores in 2007. Rags Morales will be drawing an upcoming story arc of the JSA Classified, and there has been hinting to whether Wally West will be returning to the DCU. 
from Vertigo, Jeff Smith's upcoming Captain Marvel miniseries, tentatively titled Shazam! Monster Society of Evil, has been announced. Editor Will Dennis revealed that Brian Wood's next project will be a Viking saga titled The Northlanders. Both Peter Gross and Brian Wood have signed two-year exclusive agreements with DC, although Wood talked about continuing developments on local and supermarket, so perhaps his agreement has some flexibility. The only new project announced was Jason Aaron's Scalped, a new ongoing crime drama set entirely on a Native American reservation with covers by Jock. The Absolute Sandman Volume 1 was announced with a $99 price point. For 100 Bullets, Brian Azzarillo said, I should apologize to everybody who's been a longtime fan of this book. The next story arc, I'm sorry, it's necessary. Let the speculation begin. And now for some of the major Marvel announcements. Peter David talked about his anxiety on working on The Dark Tower, but how Stephen King was pleased with his work overall and how King had influenced David's career. He also talked about 1603 Fantastic Four, a high seas adventure featuring Doctor Doom kidnapping Shakespeare to chronicle the expedition to find a lost civilization in hopes of fixing his face, with the FF in hot pursuit to rescue the Bard. Joe Quesada announced Young Guns 06 Reloaded, a Marvel initiative to promote a set of artists as the next big thing, which includes Clayton Crane, Simone Bianchi, Pascal Ferry, Linnell Wu, Ariel Olivetti, and Billy Tan. Some interior art for November's kid-friendly Spider-Man slash Power Pack was shown as were brief glimpses of The Immortal Iron Fist by Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction with art by David Aja. Originally, the latter was slated to be a miniseries, but it's been upgraded to an ongoing series. C.B. Sobolski announced his new Legend of the Spider-Clan with Scotty Young, a 48-page one-shot due to hit in November. Marvel asked audiences what you get when you pair Jeff Loeb with Michael Turner. Ultimate Wolverine a five-issue miniseries beginning in 2007. In a rare cross-company promotion, Images The Walking Dead number 30 will showcase the five-page teaser that Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips created for their new icon book, Criminal. The Walking Dead is one of Images' most popular titles, while Criminal will debut this October from Marvel's creator-owned icon label. So how did this cross-promotion come about? Promoting a creator-owned book in this industry is an uphill battle, so when I see a book as good as Criminal come along, I want to do whatever I can to promote it, said Kirkman. Image has been kind enough to allow me to do this. We're all in the same business of selling comics, more specifically good comics, and I think we all feel there's room for more of those no matter who the publisher is. Plus, now Brubaker and Phillips own me one. The Walking Dead number 30 will be in stores on August 23rd, but if you can't wait to check out the exclusive criminal teaser, which is not going to be reprinted in the first issue of the comic, you can download a PDF. Go to www.aroundcomics for details on how. After almost 14 years and more than 300 issues, one of the longest runs in the history of independent comics, publisher Claypool Comics, is telling the world of print, Thank you and farewell. Claypool will cut back its line to Deadbeats alone and put new adventures of that series, Vampire Haunted World, on the internet. 
Claypool's trade paperback comics collection under the Boffin Books imprint and back issues will remain available as long as supplies last. Claypool Comics wants to extend its warmest wishes and gratitude to the many writers, artists, retailers, fans, and others who have helped Claypool over the company's 14-year odyssey. Their loyalty and support have made Claypool one of the most respected publishers in comics, and Claypool's staff hopes that they will continue to follow Deadbeat's online adventures. Taking a page out of Marvel's entrance into the direct-to-video market, DC, Warner Home Video, and Warner Brothers Animation have announced that they will be producing a line of original DC Universe animated movies for DVD. Several DC comic creators have been tied to these productions, including Darwin Cook and Marv Wolfman. They will join a host of animated television veterans and movie producers like Bruce Timm, Dwayne Capizzi, Stan Berkowitz, and Tom DeSanto. The plan is to produce two to three full-length PG-13 rated animated films per year, each an adaptation of classic DC Universe stories. The first three films, all slated to be released in late 2007, early 2008, are Justice League New Frontier, written by Stan Berkowitz with Darwin Cook serving as story and visual consultant. Superman Doomsday, produced by Bruce Timm and written by Dwayne Capizzi, from a story by Tim and Capizzi. Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, written by Marv Wolfman and Tom DeSanto, produced by DeSanto. Other properties in development include films featuring Wonder Woman, Flash, and Green Lantern. These have been your top headlines. For the full version of these and other stories, go to www.aroundcomics.com, your source for the best in comics news, reviews, and opinions. And those are your top headlines for the week. Uh, first of all, guys, we're going to do a little recap of Wizard World Chicago, which I was pretty much unaware of a lot of this news because we were running around. I was the, on top of we all hug, of it. We were hugging everyone. Thank you, yes. uh, Newsarama, for supplying. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Newsarama. <laughs> because our roving days. reporter, Tom Caters, just wouldn't pull out a pen or... Abandoned no, us. No, I knew all this. Uh, there's even more than this <laughs> in the D.C. <laughs> one. I, I actually, I did cut out a lot of it yeah. and, and went with just some of the stuff just I Just read thought. the books. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, it's like, what do you need comics. to know? I mean, like, so what? Read some comics. Batgirl's going to be in Teen Titans East. Well, wait for it to come out. <laughs> and then I'll know. And then I'll know. Grant Morrison uh, writing a 52 issue that's going to explore the relationships of Bruce, Dick, and Tim. Damn it. Now I've, Grant I'm Morrison. pissed off that I dropped that off my... Grant Morrison? You can always pick that one up. Yeah, uh, Who is the real Nightwing? This is something a lot of people have been complaining about is how out of character Nightwing seems to have been. So it appears that they're going to clear all of that up in wink, a miniseries. Wink, out of character. Yeah. Poorly written. <laughs> That's a good way of saying it. Uh, Emperor Joker is going to be uh, re-traded. So be the woman who asked about this during mm-hmm. the DC panel, I cannot express to you how excited she, she was, was about that, Emperor yeah. Joker. And I was just like, what was Emperor Joker? And, uh, <laughs> and she was like, yeah. It was, well, I mean, Did you ask her that? No, but I was really happy for her because she was like she the most excited. At, yeah. 
She did one of the, like, she was, like, clapping her hand. Yeah, she was so excited about it. I was happy for her. Very nice. Uh, speaking of, like, re-released collection, I just uh, picked up The Son of the Demon last week. Oh, yeah. Really freaking good. Yeah. And I know I'll be chastised. And, for never and, reading it. Yeah, for never reading yeah. it. Pathetic. And things like 19 years old, and I'm about halfway through it. I read it on the train today on the way into work, or half of it on the train. And it's really freaking Did good. Did they ever release that as a hardcover? Because I think I have, like, yeah. a hardcover of that. Hardcover. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, I have that. I have well, that. It, it was good, real good. You know what's funny is um, I was listening to one of the uh, from um, one of the DC podcasts, and Grant Morrison sort of hinted that he's going to be writing Batman for a while. Really? He was like, "Oh, the first year I'm writing it, I'm not going to do that." Wow. Like, so, which would be kind of interesting if to he see has him go a couple of years. Well, on how Batman? long did he go on New X Men? It went for a while. Uh, it went for a while. So I want to say GLA, maybe he went for like three years yeah. or something. Yeah, he likes to enough to do an omnibus, which yeah. is what thirty something yeah. issues. There's like seven trades worth. Yeah, kind of stuff. So I'd love to see him do that with Batman. He likes to get his, you know, teeth into. I was something. kind of surprised because I always just kind of thought that when this storyline. I know. Done, I hate I that. Like, I hate that though. It's like, oh, we're you know we're gonna put this huge name on a great book. But he's only gonna write. You know, but he seemed to have issues. a lot of. He seemed to have a lot of ideas and was pretty. Well, that's clear cool. about. Although what, I right? haven't been exactly like knocked out of the park with that yet, but Paul, Paul Dini is writing the best Batman yeah, right now. Detective yeah, Detective is awesome. It is good. Oh. And I love how awesome. both issues so far have been self-contained. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nice little detective stories, which is what that book should be. You know what I mean? It's, they should have yeah. a theme. I mean, I'm. I, it's been years since I bought a Batman book, and the fact that I bought Batman and Detective, <laughs> I know, it's <is laughs> just like. If you would have asked me four or five years ago, no chance. There's right? no chance yeah. I would have well, ever done that. I was, I was that. really disappointed that J.H. Williams was taken off of, of he's, Detective. He's going to be back on, and uh, he, yeah, that was he's got to finish. Well, he's got to well, finish yeah, Seven man, Soldiers. You, you can't call Don Kramer a fill-in because. Yeah. Well, I just yeah. mean the issue with for that. It, oh. He'll be back on because he had to finish mm-hmm. Seven Soldiers, which yeah. will come out someday. <laughs> so. some, some, but I, I love I love Don's art in in this last issue of oh, Detective. Yeah, He's fantastic. Those, both of those were amazing. Uh, speaking of other artists, uh, Rex Morales is going to be doing some JSA Classified. That's so good. Do you want to see Rex Morales? Um, and Tom, they're saying Wally may not be gone. <laughs> if he brings new writers with him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Hollywood. Yeah, I guess, I guess we can uh, check uh, Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo off the list. Bring back some... <laughs> Bring back some writers from the Speed Force <laughs> and get out 12 issues quick. <laughs> we're, we're building up quite a list for you, Tom. I know. Um, Gaiman, DeMeo, I'm looking. Bilson. I'm already um, looking at the no, Vertigo wh- wh- thing. Wait, wasn't there uh what's his name? Uh, what else did you uh, torque Who's the old guy you'd... Giffen. Oh, Giffen. No, 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 oh, no, 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 not Giffen. Um, oh. Infantino. Oh, Infantino. <laughs> I love Infantino. I feel bad. I apologize about that. I, I legitimately feel bad about that. Uh, from Vertigo, uh, Jeff Smith is doing some uh, some mainstream work. He's going to be writing a Captain Marvel miniseries. That, I know Sal's a huge uh, Captain Marvel fan. That'll be awesome. That, that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, He's going to go for that. Because I know a lot of people have been sort of complaining about... Uh, Judd Winnick version being maybe a little too modernized, and they keep saying this is this the is Jeff the, Smith. The, if you like that, go to the Jeff Smith. That's gonna be. <laughs> I, has Jeff that. Smith done any mainstream besides work Bone? before? Besides Bone, I don't know. Uh, he's been working on this for a while. Yeah, that's but what he, I heard. he's getting all four. He's like halfway through the fourth or something. Cool. So 
I'll check it, it out. Done, I'll, I'll so, definitely check it out. Which is sure. cool, which I admire in any miniseries, is that they finish it. <laughs> they put it out, you know. It's a good thing, usually. No, we were actually at Learned this uh, at this panel where they announced that Brian Wood will be uh, writing a Viking book called oh, Northlanders. Northlanders. That'll be awesome. I'll, Starring I'll, our own Mark Beatty. <laughs> yes, yes, Mark Beatty as Mark the, is a Viking. As the Viking. Well, that's cool. That'll be interesting, you know. They they wanted to challenge him and and they, you know get him out of his comfort zone, if you will. Mm-hmm. So he came up with that. So he could write off Sam, his Sam, good lord, you chatterbox. Will you go stand next to the man and talk to him? We do record in a, in a comic shop. <laughs> We're going to get kicked out. The police are going to show up. They're like shouting across the What's room. Going on? It's like trying to do. We're making magic here. I can't uh, tell when you guys are on or off. I mean, that's, that's just me. I mean, that's magic. Your style. I don't know. Uh, Brian Wood and uh, and Peter Gross have signed a two year uh, exclusive with DC, but uh, uh, Brian Wood's still going to be working on local and supermarket. Yes, of course. He just wanted to make some bank. Yes, and and well deserved bank. Uh, no, actually, um, yeah. Jason Aaron. Who's going to be doing Scalped? Did we meet Jason Aaron this weekend? Did we? I didn't. But I was drunk. Most of it. So, I could have. I I'm, I'm, I, I didn't we- meet him. The, the weekend is a blur. Oh, was that Jason Aaron that we I had think, lunch yeah, with? I think we had lunch with him. Oh, you it, guys, that, are, if that you guys are dicks. <laughs> really? If that was indeed Jason, wonderful guy. Uh, yeah, I think I was just yeah. kind of torked off because we walked like three miles. Yeah, John, John Hook had us do the uh, baton death march <laughs> to, uh, to Giordano's. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> the effort, but it was a bit of a walk. Yeah, but we love. Oh yeah, John. He, he's yeah. doing the book for Vertigo. Yeah, yeah, is that him? yeah. No. Uh, really, wow. really nice guy. I would have so. been nicer to him if I knew that. I tried to steal his pizza at one point. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. I bet that works its way into one of the And and we love John, but um, the Around Comics Fantasy Football League. I'm gonna kick your ass. So you get a chance. There is no uh, league. There's me, and then there's the <laughs> eleven people that are going to come in anywhere between second and eleven. Uh, yeah. Uh, absolute Sandman. Which I did they really announce that at the at the con? There was ninety nine bucks. I thought that was already been That's determined. Expensive, isn't uh, hundred bullets. This this is scary and cool at the same time. Uh, Brian Azzarillo is actually apologizing to long time fans of the of the series. Because he, how did he put it? Uh, uh, the next story arc. I'm sorry. It's necessary. He's just gonna kill everyone. He's gonna, he's gonna kill Graves off. That's what he's gonna do. He can't kill Graves. Why not? Because it's Graves, man. Yeah. Well, he's sorry, but it's necessary. He's gonna kill Graves. Graves is dead. Oh man. All right. Over to the House of Ideas. Um, we had some Peter David stuff talking about uh, talking Dark about Tower. Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Casada. Wait, announced Peter David. You didn't. Uh-huh. Uh, Peter David's doing the Wonder Man. Oh yeah, uh, yeah mini uh, mm-hmm. sort of uh, soap opera esque kind of mini thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's gonna be. But check it out. I don't. Wonder Man's not a <clears throat> entirely interesting character to me. Even though the I last. I always liked Wonder Man. Oh, well, the, the last issue of Frontline. Um, very good. Uh, Wonder Man's actually getting a little bit pissed off with this whole registration thing. Yeah, as well, he, he should killer be. killer Hollywood sunglasses on. <laughs> of all course. The time. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, Joe Casada announced the Young Guns 06, which. Um, Young Guns, what was it? <laughs> what? Very nice. Um, yeah. that, was, that wasn't even edited. Yeah, yeah. yeah what? Live. Young Guns 04. Who all was in that? God. Finch. Uh, um. 
I'm trying to think of who all was in the Young Guns of Four. Thanks for putting me on the spot. Can we, can we be the Young Guns um, of podcasting? McNiven. Who else? I mean, just like all the top guys at Marvel now, but I can't think of their names. I mean, it was so, you know. Ke- I love the idea of, <laughs> of every time I say Young Guns, I like laugh a little bit. From the I'm movie, like, what the movie, movie like, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> do they walk Phillips? around like I'm one of the Marvel Young Guns? <laughs> they got yeah. badges. <laughs> yeah. And Give me guns. Free guns pizza. with pencils in yeah. the end. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Uh, what do we have here? Um, Immortal Iron Fist, which had already been leaked. Uh, uh, Ed Brubaker. Talked about the, him. Yeah, so uh, he, and, uh, he and Matt Fraction. And we'll Fraction. Talk, about him, uh, talk about that with him next week. Yes, yeah. yes. We'll be, uh, we'll be talking with uh, Ed next Friday. I am psyched for that. You're not going to be here. Well, no, I'm psyched for Immortal Iron Fist. Oh. oh. Yeah, I, I, I love Matt Fraction, and I love Ed Brubaker. Yeah. So. And I love Iron Fist. There you go. I don't know. I don't know that much about Iron Fist. Oh, I've always loved Iron Fist. But I, I'm sure I will enjoy it. Yeah, we we're so we're really excited about the chance to talk to Ed that we had to ship Tom out of town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, CC. I'm going to Dora County with my lovely girlfriend. Oh, Dora County. You going for a fish boil? Uh, fish fry and some uh, pie country. Some <laughs> pies. <laughs> Bed and breakfast. I'll be bored. She oh, <laughs> doesn't listen, so she won't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> what your friends do, and they yeah. might tell her. CB Sabolski uh, announced uh, his new Legend of the Spider Clan uh, that he'll be doing with Scotty Young. It's a one shot coming out in November. Forty eight page yeah. one shot. Yeah, go for it. Um, CB, CB, really nice guy. So it's sort of like a two shot in one in one shot. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. What... Uh, and look for uh, uh, Mark. Are you ready? Look for uh, Jeff Loeb, Michael Turner. Wait, I got ultimately. a joke. Oh, Ask this question yes. at the beginning. Ask what it says right here. Um, Mar- what do you What do you get when you pair Jeff Loeb with Michael Turner? <laughs> Missed deadlines. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no. Or no, Ultimate no. Wolverine. Or Ultimate Wolverine. Um, love Jeff Loeb. I I like. Some of Michael Turner's work. And he didn't look like I thought he would. Jeff Loeb? Yeah, when we met him briefly. He, he was I a little like, bit more like svelte Loeb. than I thought. Well, I, like he was, uh, didn't look like I yeah. like Jeff Loeb. I like Jeff Loeb. Oh, I, like I like Jeff Loeb's Jeff. work a lot. Sure, sure. Yeah, and he looked a lot a lot more svelte than I than I thought he would. Why? <laughs> what a weird thing. What did you think? He was massively overweight. I just didn't, I didn't picture him as a redhead. <laughs> oh, he's a red. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Naturally. How much I do you think he can bench? Yeah. Seems like a very, very, very nice guy. One ninety-seven. Um, he fast? All right. He look um, <laughs> All right. What well, one thing? Oh, he had a drink in his hand when I met him. So. One, one thing that's really cool is, uh, and this is a really interesting promotion, is that Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' new book, Criminal, which we'll be spotlighting next week, is coming out under the Icon imprint. But there's actually a five-page preview. That's all I think about when I, I don't know. That's smooth. That's smooth. Criminal, baby. They're running a five-page preview in The Walking Dead, number 30, which, of course, is printed by Image. So... It's, That's cool. Yeah, it's it's. I love cool. that stuff when a book can preview another book in another just, company. In spot. another company, I think it's. I like Kirkman's uh, quote too. I mean, why not? I just wonder what what, uh, what Kirkman you know has what, got him on the hook for. Yeah, well, yeah. What, you know, it's like Ed's got pictures of Robert Kirkman. <laughs> you know? Ant Man's gonna kill Punisher. Uh, he's gonna <laughs> kill Iron Fist or something. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Some future storyline. <laughs> oh, good lord. Um, okay, uh, some sad news. Uh, after 14 years, Claypool Comics is closing their print doors. They're going to continue to 
uh, I guess not publish, but uh, make it's dead publishing. beats. It's web publishing. Web, web, it's not a publishing. sad story, Chris. It's a new door opening. That's right. Have has anyone here yeah, ever sorry. read any Claypool? <laughs> awkward, awkward work? silence. Uh, Claypool's, yeah, Claypool's a good company. It's, I mean, you haven't, you haven't name one book that isn't on the sheet that you've read from Claypool Comics. Deadbeats? Yeah, that's on the sheet. That isn't on the uh, sheet. Oh, and you're, I'm so yeah, bad nothing. with companies. Forget and, it. Cat Ironwood works for Claypool Comics, and she has been a a amazing editor in in comics. She used to be an editor for Eclipse. Where'd you read that? I used to read <laughs> Airboy, dude. I'm just messing. She with you, is man. an interesting lady, and I know that she was working <laughs> at Claypool, so that's that is very uh, uh, very disappointing. Um. Taking a page out of Marvel's entrance into the direct-to-video market, and this is our last story here, DC has a slate of direct-to-DVD animated features planned. Tom, you're our DC guy. What do you think about all this stuff? I you, think you can't wait for Superman Doomsday. <laughs> That's the one I was like, what? I, uh, New Frontier could be really, really mm-hmm. awesome, and uh, Judas Contract, if they, you know actually do the story could also be really interesting and i love that marvel and dc are getting into this because this is a market that i think works and i'm interested in seeing mm-hmm. what they do and they've got the guys that have done Starman cook is going to yeah. be the you know the guy you can't ask for more if it fails it just it's not from a lack of getting the right people to do well, it you I, know Bless you. Thank I did. You, I did. I did pick up uh, the Ultimate Avengers two. How was it? Uh, I'm about a half an hour into it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty good. Um, I kind of liked the first one. I mean, it was. Th- this one takes a little bit more advantage of the PG-13 rating. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's cool. That like, was the one like thing. People I, get disintegrated and shot. I heard and, Cap like melted some guys or something in it. Yeah, that was the one uh, thing. Crank from the first was talking one about that, that on the crank bit, it was a little bit not quite ult, you know. You ultimate. Get the, yeah. It wasn't quite ultimate. So that's good to hear that they kind of stretched out mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, Ka- Ka- if you listen to the last uh, episode of Crankcast, uh, Mike and Crank talk about it. And yeah, Cap like threw his shield through a van and then melted the van like by accident. And so. Well, speaking <laughs> of movies, or this is more of a movie story, but um, I know one other story was uh, that the long-awaited wanted film. Yes. Uh, landed at Universal. Mark Millar Miller's Wanted, so that uh, that could be interesting. But that's going to have like an X rating, I think it's yeah. NC seventeen or something on it. Um, so that could maybe be they'll market like snakes on a plane. It'll be called like <laughs> ass rape in a warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That could it'll work. Be, you know, one of those guerrilla marketing. It'll be on MySpace. Ass rape in a warehouse. <laughs> yeah. And, Probably, probably my biggest disappointment, news-wise, is that you know we had the we were talking to some folks at the, the convention this last week, and Sal and I pretty much had so much to drink that we had some major hints dropped our way, and like Monday yeah, morning no we idea. couldn't remember well, any. There was all <laughs> sorts of stuff. I'm like sitting there, even when he was telling me, yeah. one of the one of the guys from Marvel was like, you know, coily. Is that a word? 
Maybe. Anyway, in a coy he, manner. In a coy, dro- dro- in a dropping coy manner. Vague hints yeah, that if we had been he, in our he, right mind. Yeah, you yeah. you guys are like, well, two more cement mixers. <laughs> What'd you say about Iron Man? <laughs> what? Uh, whatever. We had a couple of drinks. One real, really good time. And, and I'm so glad that we're just about done with our Wizard World coverage. I think uh, Thursday we're going to release the rest of our interviews. Yeah. Which, uh, I just uh, want to crawl fun, back in my Including Paul Jenkins and John Romita Jr. I want to apologize to both Paul Jenkins and John <laughs> Romita Jr. I get to meet these guys, and you know it goes good for maybe an hour. But after that, I soon I seem to be able to do something real stupid to fuck up any kind of chance I have. Like <laughs> these guys not thinking I'm an idiot. I don't know what it is about me. You it's just my personality. John Romita Jr. No, no, I uh, yeah, I don't know what, what it was. Happened? I think I asked Paul Jenkins to marry me at one yeah. point. Yeah, that was kind of embarrassing. Why? What? What? I don't know. It was. But he was great. He was very okay. gracious. Yes, he, he, he said he was already married with a kid. I yeah. was there on Friday night. And nothing like. People all went to bed early, and then it was just me and Mike Oliverian, like nine squat, you know, like uh, squatters, squatters, <laughs> SWAT team members walking around with nightsticks. I didn't. I was freaked out. Nightsticks. Yeah, what? they all walked into the bar, and they were walking around. And I'm talking to Mike Oliverian. It's very calm inside the bar. It wasn't like the crazy Bendis board people weren't in the bar. They were all kicking garbage around <laughs> the lobby. They walk in with all these nightsticks. I'm sitting there having a drink, and I'm just like. Dude, like I got a I, beverage here. I lived in Mad. I lived in Madison when they had Halloween riots, and I didn't see cops that intimidating when the fucking streets <laughs> were on intense, fire. That just yeah. like, we got some geeks to go flush yeah, out, boys. A club, someone dressed as Poison <laughs> Ivy or something. <laughs> Yeah, I was freaked out. Anyway, anywho. Oh, you emaciated Fun. boy in the Flash costume. Yeah. Get out. Oh, Funny. by the way, since you mentioned that, someone posted the picture of like that, <laughs> that <laughs> Justice League of that oh, looks the, fun, the Funhouse Mirror <laughs> Justice League. There is an issue of the Justice League, and I posted it like number six or something, where aliens use Funhouse mirrors that change them <laughs> into aliens. Shape where it's like a overweight um, Wonder Superman, Girl. Superman like really I'll, I'll send it to you guys I'll send you a picture of it that is literally the first thing that popped Can in my head can we do a compare and contrast with that group perhaps the best unintentional costume like recreating the cover to Justice League 6 uh, <laughs> it blew my mind when I saw that picture oh. fun was had by oh, all anywho alright guys thank uh, god it's only one time a year though. So, yeah, we had a great time at Wizard World. You get the the rest of the wrap-up this week, and then we can put that convention to bed. Um, So that is our top stories for the week. It is time for Top of the Stack. Top, top of the stack. stack. That's right. It's Top of the Stack. Our chance to let you, the listener, know what the panel has been reading for the last week. Guys, who would like to go first with their Top of the Stack? Who wants to go first? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Um, You're excited about this one. Yeah, this was, you know... He I thought uh, he was going to have to fight I, me for yeah. it. Yeah, I really did. I, I did I, enjoy I, I it. I thought for I sure yeah. that this was going to be Tom's. Um, I picked uh, Agents of Atlas, number one of six, from Marvel Comics. Um, it is a two ninety nine book. It is written by Jeff Parker, pencils by Leonard Kirk, uh, colorist Michelle Madsen, blah, 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 cover artist Tom Coker. Um... To me, it was just a really fun, enjoyable step away from the Marvel Universe kind of book. Um, it features characters from 
uh, Atlas Comics, old old characters including M11, the the, the robot, um, uh, Gorilla Man, uh, Marvel Boy, and Jimmy Woo, and 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 these other characters. And uh, it, it was kind of interesting because they start off the the tale with um, sort of their original adventure set in 1958 when. Um, uh, Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, is kidnapped by the Yellow Claw, and uh, Shield basically contacts, or the government—I don't know if it was Shield at the time—but the government contacts Johnny Wu, um, and and he's uh, puts together this team of super being, beings to go get uh, Eisenhower back, and they do so, and uh, at the end of it, they're sort of disbanded and they're never allowed to work together again, and uh, and the, the story is being told by uh, Gorilla Man. Who uh, you can tell has a um, uh, sort of a nostalgic feel for the story because he he explains how that you know he really felt like even though they didn't even know each other for 24 hours they fought together like they had been together for 10 years and you can tell he he has that sort of in his in the voice of the character and, and he, he to me he was the funnest character he's just this gorilla who seems to be isn't you know intelligent yeah. and he has, like, can an talk office job. yeah yeah he works for Shield now in an office job. And uh, but in you know in the, in the first adventure he's like kicking ass and shooting people and everything, um, but anyway so the, that's sort of how the story starts off and then as it pro- uh, progresses we find out he was actually telling the story to some Shield agents as a debriefing they were interviewing because now it's present day and Johnny Wu has been um, injured he he's been working for Shield as a as in a desk job also but he I guess put together this little covert team to do his own sort of adventures and he's got almost killed. Um, and the kind of story goes from there. And I, I mean, I really don't know what's going on with these characters. I don't know any of these characters. I've never read anything about these characters before. And, and this has nothing to do with really any other part of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. But it was just fun and entertaining and um, and interesting. I mean, I, I was intrigued. I want to know what more about these characters. And, and quickly, I, I learned to already like. And the, the scene that really blew me away was, you know, there's a part where... The, the gorilla is like you know attacking some other guys him and the robot M11 the robot and it's just it's a panel of of the robot picking him up and running through this corridor while the gorilla has a machine gun in both hands and both feet and he's just yeah. firing away awesome. at everybody it's just like oh, that was the panel where you said there's no way yeah I'm like there's no is, way doing it's book. a robot carrying a gorilla carrying four guns it was guns. great I loved it I did love it it's like the Marvel All Star Squadron almost yeah, so, yeah yeah that's what it felt like and and it was just <laughs> It was just it, it had the sort of golden age feel to it, um, but at the same time, I, I really like instantly liked all these characters yeah. and wanted to find out. I wanted to see them in more adventures, and it so had a, it had a Marvel feel to it, but it also had sort of a a golden age feel. Yeah. which sometimes Marvel doesn't do the best job of I, taking I, advantage of that. I but agree. This is like a awesome thing for them to do because I I loved it too. I mean, I, I thought it was something that was inspired. Yeah. Like an inspired choice. To I do think Marvel's like been that. having a lot of fun with this book too. Yeah. I, I think and, and the artwork is fantastic. I don't don't think that like it's got sort of a golden Who age. Did the look. Art on it? Um uh the the artist is um Leonard Kirk, I don't, I, I, I don't know who he is. I don't know what he's done. It's nice. It kind of, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Ryan Sook, if you're familiar with mm-hmm, X Factor, sure, a little yeah. bit of that. But it's not like a Golden Age look at all to it. It's, it's very modern art and, and really well done um, stuff. So, Agents of Atlas number one, I'll definitely be picking up the rest of them yeah, to check it out. Yeah, good. I loved it. Yeah. Awesome. Oh well. well. 
I'll, t- I'll go, Tom. You go first. All right. Uh, this is, a uh, first of all, a big thank you to Bob Riedel because he picked this up for me out at the San Diego Comic-Con, the limited, limited edition limited of period. A Dummy's Guide to Danger. It is from Viper Comics, and it is written by Jason M. Burns with art by uh, Ron Chan and uh, letters by Greg Gatlin. And uh, this one, this was once again the the special edition, and it retailed for three twenty five. And I don't know what the what the regular local comic shop or direct. Uh, retails for what you you know peasants could pick it up for if you don't have a friend out in San <laughs> yeah, Diego yeah. custom ship it you so animals. Bob Bob thank you very very much for sending this to me uh, it just looked like an interesting premise and I'll go ahead and read the intro right from uh, the author's words uh, combining elements of humor mystery and horror a dummy's guide to danger tells the story of private investigator Alan Sirois and I'm gonna to, you know, it's why why make a name so hard for a main character? It's S I R O I S. I'm a Siroys. and his partner, Mr. Bloomberg, a paraplegic ventriloquist dummy that Alan believes was shot in the back by an assailant and who became crippled when the bullet lodged in his spine. Playing the role of gumshoes for hire in the city of Los Angeles, Alan and his inanimate sidekick are suckered are sucked into a case involving a gruesome killer known only as the Flesh Collector. I read this book, I loved it, and I don't know what the hell it is. I I, I was told Sal on the way over here tonight. I don't know if it's a crime noir book. I don't know if it's a a gruesome horror book i don't know if it's a buddy book or a humor book because it has all of that in it and it um just the premise of a pi in los angeles whose partner is a paralyzed ventriloquist <laughs> dummy with well, an attitude well, what you were telling you know when you were telling me about it and i was just laughing but it's like it, it's such a genius premise is that you were saying you don't know if this guy is actually if his dummy actually can talk to him or if he's just fucking bonkers. or if he's just insane <laughs> but the genius part of it is he's paralyzed so it's not like he has to explain it to anyone you know it's like hey yeah he can talk he can't move he's paralyzed he's been <laughs> he got shot. shot in the freaking neck yeah, he can't, at which know. point the dummy would say i was shot in the freaking neck you got a problem with that because <laughs> you know, the dummy has such a personality I mean, there's the there's a scene where they're trying to uh break into an actress's like mansion compound as part of this case and there's seriously like four pages of banter between the two of them it's this guy and this dummy and they're talking to each other and they're like best friends <laughs> and you're sitting it's like it, okay it's a buddy book at this point and then you're just kind of thinking to yourself it's like this guy's off his freaking rocker he's talking to a dummy and the dummy is talking back and what's great is that the dummy has this this amazing attitude and um yeah so, so it really is kind of a crockett and tubs type you know situation <laughs> it's but the with the, but, yeah it, it really has that kind of feel but it it's a it's a dummy uh good uh good detective mystery you know there's a, a serial killer that they're 
on the trail of and it, so you know if if you like if you like crime stories which you know anyone that listens to the show will know that I am at this point but it has this really kind of funny bizarro twist on it that was you know more than enough to keep me interested and laughing it's got a lot of humor but it's also gruesome i mean there's you know beheadings and the the last page is uh really uh, gruesome as all get out, but uh, a dummy's guide to danger by Viper Comics. It's got nice art too. Uh, yeah, I, very solid, very solid. Uh, guy tells a really good story with his art. Um, it was uh, definitely a, a bonus to the writing. Yeah, you looking at the last page. Yeah, gruesome, I just saw isn't the, it? It's like, whoa, that's. Uh, well, this else. is uh, Viper is the same company that was. Uh, they do Dead at Seventeen. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Emily Edison. So uh, there's Vi- actually a backup story in here. And then there is a very nice, very, yeah, very nice engine. backup. I don't know if the backup is in every uh, one or just my gold-plated San Diego exclusive one. Um, but uh, yeah, Viper is actually a company that's doing some nice stuff, and I think that this fits very well into the catalog of books that the, that they're doing. So it's a it's another company along the lines of Boom and and Ape Entertainment to keep your eyes on as a, as a company that's doing some nice stuff. So, Dummy's Guide to Danger, Viper Comics, uh, I don't know when uh, issue two is coming out, but if you can still get issue one, uh, really fun, bizarre, cool read. I, I really enjoyed it. So. Nice. Yes, good stuff. My pick is Godland <gasps> from... <gasps> From Image, and I just totally recently cosmic, dude. totally cosmic, dude. I know. I think uh, Dave Wachter had done this earlier. Dave didn't, yeah. Um, but it bears repeating because I just picked up all the issues, and I've been reading them, and it's fantastic. It's or is it uh, cosmic? Fantabulous. Cosmic. It's <laughs> written by Joe Casey, uh, art by Tom Scioli. Um, Nick Filardi does colors and comic crafts. The fine people that do Elephant Man. Yeah, do the yeah, Elephant Man. Another great read. Um, it's this really great mix of it's obviously Kirby inspired art because they have ads in the back for Kirby collectors, so they're not trying to hide that. But the storyline is a really great mix of Captain Adam. It's got elements of Fantastic Four. It has the Hulk, Superman, all these things all sort of mixed together, but it still feels unique. Uh, it's still got its own unique edge. I mean, there's a villain who all he is is a uh, a skull inside like a floating thing of water, and his <laughs> only goal is to mainline blood from aliens to get high to expand to expand his mind. That's like his big <laughs> thing. There's like a there's like a uh, lockjaw except with like a human face. I mean, it's like it's a mix of like all this stuff you've read before but still unique and different, and I just, I, I heard it was good, picked it up, and I've just been loving it. So I think issue 13 comes out, uh, like, in two months, and uh, it's just great. You, hey, everyone I've talked to says it is just a really fun book. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's big, bright colors, you know, just in-your-face weirdness. It's, you know, it's... All that stuff about Kirby, you know, like the big ideas, you know, mm-hmm. it's got a little bit of the new gods. A little well, bit to of me, it that, seems yeah. like you know Kirby, if you know, evolved. Yeah, a bit. you know what I mean. It's like modern sort of intelligent story writing yeah. and 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 concepts, but you know, taking all that Kirby yeah. stuff and and kind of updating it a bit and, it's, and yeah, 
I mean, it's just a great synthesis of all kind. Every good comic you've read from like the '60s and '70s all put together. And, and if you're a Kirby out. fan, man, the art the is art is just... spot on. Oh, it was yeah. a little off-putting at first, a little bit at first when you read it. You're like, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is Kirby. But then, I mean, that's what they're doing. That's obviously it's, it, well, it's an homage. It's an homage to it, and it's but it's not. But it's nice. It's not it's... written as you know just a pale imitation. So. I highly recommend you go out and start getting it. Get all the, you know, I think uh, the first, trade first, first trades out coming yep. out. So mm-hmm. get it. I think you'll love it. If you like other stuff I've read, I'm sure you'll love this because it's got that same sensibility. It's got Tom stamp approval. approval. Cosmic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, um, hey, another one in the books. Yeah. Hey. yeah how about that? Kind of nice getting back to a regular last episode. Regular episode you know? <laughs> last episode. Last episode. We're that day we're done. Yeah. We're, we're wrapping it up now. Tell Brubaker and 40. Too late, too bad. Too bad, he missed the boat. <laughs> yeah, this train's leaving the station. <laughs> yeah, you know, really, it, uh, after the whole week at Wizard World, it was really nice to just come back to the come back to the shop tonight and do our regular thing. It's, uh, I didn't have to pull a Phil Donahue and run around the room. <laughs> run around the room. So, you know, we'd like to thank everybody that was, that I've was drank, out of Wizard I've drank World. considerably less tonight yeah, than Yeah, I we're did. a lot more sober uh, this weekend than, than last. Uh, another huge thank you to all of the guys at Ape Entertainment. Sure. That was a great time. And, and, a, and uh, a thank you to Simon Oliver for being oh, yeah. on the yeah. show oh, today. Tonight, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that was great. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That's man. the most excited I've been actually to talk to anybody that we've talked to. And he lived up to all of the hype that we. I mean, he was just yeah, you know smart and funny, and and I, I I'm sure we'll have him back on because very engaging. Yeah. He'll be he'll be the one I'm most excited to until we do that long sought interview with Jesus. Well, <laughs> I'm working on it, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but his email dude, he doesn't respond. Yeah. I don't know. Spam. Yeah. <laughs> He's got it filtered <laughs> tight. Uh, we are now, uh, get on to our announcements here. We are now proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Was that Network. just an announcement to announce the announcements? Yes. This wow. is an announcement nice. to announce the announcements. Uh, we are part of the uh, Comics Podcast Network. The CPN is a collection of the best comic book podcasts on the net. You can learn more about the network and find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. Uh, once again, thanks all the forum guys that came out to Wizard World last year, or last year, last week, it feels like last year, uh, last week, had a great time uh, uh, meeting you guys. Uh, thanks for all the posts this week for questions for Simon and uh, the questions for Ed Brubaker, which we've got a whole week to, to prepare for that one. Uh, we are actually going to record tonight, but uh, he had to fix his doorbell. <laughs> yeah, Ed, Ed gave us a call and asked if we could reschedule it because he's had a, he's had a tough his wife's doorbell. Yeah, his wife's, his yeah, wife's, wife's doorbell. doorbell he's yeah. fix, so. so should we thank Geek Armor? I'm not asking that much. Yes, uh, uh, Geek Armor. <laughs> um, oh heck, Tom, read the spot again. Geekarmor.com sells T-shirts with the geek in mind, featuring. A great selection of comic book t-shirts as well <gasps> as video games, sci-fi, <gasps> TV, movie shirts. You're sure to find something you like. I've Check been out there, the latest design. A red shirt with a phaser on the front that reads, I went on an away mission and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> I now, need that shirt. Before I read this final paragraph, yes. I'm going to do this in the style of, um, I'm sure everyone on YouTube, if they haven't seen it, I suggest search Orson Welles drunk and you'll <laughs> see outtakes of Orson Welles doing a, a wine commercial. So I'm going to do this last paragraph in the style of Orson Welles. 
and now the good folks at Geek Armor are offering a 10% discount to all Around Comics listening. Just use the coupon code Around Comics, all one word. When placing your order and receive an additional 10% off, geekarmor.com, check them out today. <laughs> Search Orson Welles drunk. Have you, have you ever heard the, the Orson Welles clip? Uh, oh, uh, the pee the commercial. Oh. When he was doing the peas? This copy yeah. is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> if you can find that in the dictionary, I'll this is go awful. down on you. This. I mean, that's what he says to the guy. He's like hammered on wine. Yeah, uh-huh. If you can find that, I'll go down on you. Oh, good word. Um, our July-August contest, uh, write Tom's comic. We talked about it at the beginning of the episode, sure. so just go find Call the Call our hotline, one eight 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 six five gcast And around or ARND comics. ARND comics. Whatever. It's, all, it's on the site. Listener uh, LCS Challenge, pull. Please, guys, uh, get a flyer up for us. It's, it's, I think it's the best way to spread the word about the show. Send us your emails. emails. Yes. Um, Podcast Alley, iTunes reviews, blah, blah, blah. Um, I would like to thank everybody. Uh, Vince for calling the hotline. That was uh, yeah. that was a hoot. So I'm sure he'll get that message and uh, and go, uh-oh, what have they done to me? Um, David Price, I'd like to thank for making me laugh. Yes. Always, uh, always weekend. laughter from David Price. Uh, Dan, Dan Papercut, Dan for being not being the guy we thought he was. And yes, actually, and for being Dan, and for being Dan. Yeah. I'd like to thank my mom and dad for having you. For having, for having me <laughs> originally. I'd like to thank alcohol for helping me be conceived. <laughs> I'd like to we thank now a- close the end. Of the Oh, uh, and uh, thank you, uh, thank you to Dark Tower as always. All right, I feel like this tearful end. It's like an Academy Award. It's like an Evan Oscar speech. Thank you, yeah. um, everyone. Have a fantastic week. We will be back again <laughs> next Monday with another full length episode. Oh. In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in and around, and around, around comics. If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com, or visit the Contact Us section of our website. For that, and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for this show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week. With a panel will change, but our mission stays the same. Bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics.